0: So me and uh, me and Barbara, we recently moved into our new place. It's maybe a five minute, maybe two, three, four minute walk from my work, which is at People Fun. And uh, the, one of the cool things we wanted to do with this place was kind of set up just like this game room with like LED lights and colors and action figures and a lot of really cool stuff. And it's it's one of those things I've wanted since I was pretty young. You know, I've I've, I've, I've tried this whole setup before. And it didn't really work because for lack of a better term, like the places I were at either weren't a hundred percent mine or I didn't have like the cash flow to really kinda make the place how I wanted it. But I mean with this place, you know, I, I kinda wanna do like Sega Neon Lights and like, you know, just kind of have my Dragon Ball figures out and stuff like that. The whole point of what I'm trying to do here is uh get to the part where I want to say I have a podcast arm now. Well, so Barbara bought this thing where we we put my Audio-Technica mic kind of on a really cool like setup, and it's like a swivel. And I kind of just wanted to try it out and see how podcasting feels on this new setup. And yeah, but I think more importantly, I I, kind of wanted to just get on a platform and talk about, I guess, gaming in the age of coronavirus. Because there's a lot of emotional complexities that have arisen like in my, in my personal life um just because of the pandemic and and how that's affected not only my video game playing tendencies but you know how I perceive video games and and how maybe I'm even a little bit jaded towards them right now during this pandemic because when faced with an abundance of time and resources the ever present argument of what games would you play if you were in a hyperbolic time chamber you know, kind of shows his ugly face. It changes a little bit, and the novelty of playing games after a very long day of not being able to play games kind of goes away too. So after after this quick little musical interlude, we're gonna get right down into and kind of talk about you know coronavirus and video games, and just in general like how um, being isolated at home affects your video game backlog games you're anticipating and just kind of how you digest games in general speed and uh you know things like that so after this uh, little musical interlude i'll talk to you guys soon it was it was definitely interesting going into video games and approaching them kind of with the mindset that a pandemic you know that was approaching right and you know there was this kind of strange like oh i can't go to restaurants anymore and oh you know okay so i'm going to be i'm going to be home a lot with with my partner right and so naturally you're, the first thing you think is like oh oh my god i get you know like this 40 game backlog right that i i have been wanting to work on for so long is finally going to meet its maker, right? And dude, for, for like a little bit of time, that is pretty much authentically what happened. I was, I found myself at home, right? My, my, you know, the game studio I work at was generous and cool enough to where pretty immediately in like late February, I think it was, or very early March, my company pretty much decided, hey, we're going to go work from home, right? So they, you know, let us take our Macs home. And really, I have maybe been to the office once. Ironically, you know, kind of like I said before, the musical interlude, you know, I live really close to the office. So, yeah, it's kind of always like this little tease, right? I can kind of almost see it from my bedroom window, and yet I can't go to the office, right? So anyway, so, yeah, we we found ourselves with just working from home, (laughs) And it's not not it's not something that I ever really had to experience before. Um, you know, for a little bit of context, with me, I worked in the transportation and trucking industry, and that's not really an industry where work from home was even brought up in any serious capacity, right? Anytime, anytime in logistics or kind of like a macho industry like that, if something like work from home were to be brought up, you know, it's pretty sissy. And really, the only times you heard work from home as a concept were you know, during internet scams or you know, just like comment sections on the internet where people were like, Oh, you know, you can work from home. You can make two thousand dollars a day working from home. And in which case, you know, don't ever, don't ever do that. They're gonna get your personal information. And uh, you know, it's gonna be pretty terrible. So um uh, yeah, so anyway, we, we we found ourselves me and me and Barbara. Barbara works for Playful Studios and, you know, she had been remote for a little bit for not pandemic related reasons. And so she was already kind of used to it. You know, I'd get up and I'd go to work and it was all fine and dandy. And now I find myself at home too. So, you know, we, we, we had to kind of separate our, for lack of a better term, like we had to like separate our workspaces. I had to go downstairs and she was upstairs and I would hear her meetings. And, and then on the internet you would hear these jokes, right. Of, of people that were basically like, Oh yeah, I I know, know what my husband's work voice sounds like, or I know what my partner's work voice sounds like. And, and that's pretty cool, right like that intimacy and and stuff like that and for a time you know it's and and now you know I'm kind of sort of used to it, but like how does that how did that how did that change how i how I looked at games well, when I found out I was you know gonna be working from home naturally you know i it was really it was really simple to play video games during my lunch break right on my lunch you know i, I I'd go over to the kitchen and make myself some chicken nuggets, and get get some Pepsi, and, you know, I'm, I'm done in five minutes, and seven minutes, I have 40 to 50 minutes left, where I can just, like, play games, you know, so I started playing games, I downloaded a huge amount of, of games, yeah, I, I signed up for a Nintendo Online, right, which gave me access to the NES and the SNES catalog on the Nintendo Switch, so I started playing a bunch of NES and SNES games that I never really got, A chance to play when I was young because I was a Sega Genesis kid and I went from Sega Genesis to N64 PS1 and just never really had that moment in the sun you know of um NES and SNES I just completely completely skipped you know went right over me right so I started playing these games and I got halfway maybe three-fourths of the way through Ninja Gaiden I beat Super Metroid the entire way. And keep, keep in mind, I'm playing these games for the first time. You know, like, I am experiencing, during a pandemic, Super Metroid for the first time. And it's claustrophobic, and it's creepy, and I had to have a guide because, you know, in my old age of 28, you know, i, I well, I'm 29 now, but I, I started realizing, like, I can't play these games organically anymore. I, I don't have a playground to go to. I need... Game facts and IGN to tell me where to go. You know, I, I can't spend all this time. I got games in the backlog, right? And one another one of those games was linked to the past. And you know, if you know me, you know that I'm not a huge fan of Legend of Zelda um, dungeons. While I love the theme, the characters, the esoteric, like way that Nintendo builds the world of Zelda. Uh, you know, just like the theme, the the, the you know the vibe of the legend of zelda i'm a huge fan of i hate the dungeon design i think breath of the wild did two things wrong and it was weapon durability and the the dungeon design whenever i get on youtube and i check out a game maker's toolkit you know i, I find myself like i have no idea like what dungeon he's on like they all look the same and i think they they cut some corners there anyway but that's neither here nor there i played a link to the past for the first time and that was awesome and like super cool because last the only time I ever played that game was I I think it was on my GameCube or something. And I was able to just get past, you know, Hyrule Castle in the very beginning, and then I kinda saw sort the of last interest. And yeah, you know just I got to experience the NES and the SNES catalog, right? I played Metroid, they played the original Metroid, I played Ninja Gaiden, and you know I guess the most important thing was probably that I finally beat Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3 for the first time. Now I'm telling you, Super Metroid, Link to the Past, Metroid, Ninja Gaiden, M- Super Mario World, Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Brothers 3. I played all these games in the first two weeks during quarantine because I found myself thinking that I had a lot of time. A lot of time to play these old games and not play a lot of catch up. You know, and, and simultaneously, while I was experiencing these older games, I, I was also fortunate enough to have downloaded Undertale for myself and played that and knocked that out. And what a weird set of emotions, you know, that, that game was, right? And then, um, I mean, you know, after Undertale, I, I dabbled a little bit in some of the games that I, you know, I, I, I love throughout the years, like Ratchet & Clank on PS4 and Transformers Devastation. You know, two games where combined, it's like 10 hours to be both. Transformers Devastation Platinum game. Um, think Bayonetta with Transformers G1 uh plot on Earth takes maybe like 3 hours to beat. I kid you not. Ratchet and Clank is a 6-hour 7-hour game. I was able to knock that out. It's super fun, right? And then um I what was it? I don't I don't know which came first whether it was this game hold on. Minecraft Dungeons came out, right? And so me and Barbara, we co opt the entire game all the way through. And you know it's a really short game, but it it was fun for what it was. I don't think we've gone back to to play it, and I don't know if we will. And then you know I I got my Switch on right. I I, I downloaded Hollow Knight, this little marble it up game that is reminiscent of Super Monkey Ball, which everyone should definitely go check out. Uh, ha- shout out Dylan from work, thank you for telling me about it. I also got the uh Switch release of Katamari Damacy Reroll, and um. You know, Kanamari Demasi, I think it was a game that came out on PS2. I played it at a friend's house, but I never had it for myself. For some reason, I always thought it was a rare game. So I never bought it because I think it's like 50 bucks or something like that. Even like to this day, it's the, the price tag on it is is quite high. So, but anyway, so I got through Reroll. I got through Marble It Up. And then I, you know, I was like, okay, so I played, you know, um... What was that? I played Super Metroid, right? So I my Metroidvania is on, literally, right, and not even too long before that. In that in that strange time period before quarantine really hit, I found myself playing um, some Sega Genesis games. I finally beat Castlevania Bloodline, so I'm like I'm in this Metroidvania mode, right? And so I was talking about it with uh, my coworker, and the the topic of Hollow Knight came up because it's a game that you know you see all over you know the internet. It's an indie game that has pretty much blown up um, and is, I guess, it's considered legendary, right? It came out, what, 2016, 2017? And everybody talks about it, and it's like this shining beacon of game design. So I decided to actually give it a shot, right? And I beat it. Well, I, I, I beat the Hollow Knight, <laughs> I suppose you could say. Spoilers. Well, I don't know, Statue of Limitations. But either way, it was like this really cool – I. It, it lured me in. Like the, the art style, while I think a humongous portion of the internet is a huge fan of the art style, I don't like it as much because it screams very new grounds, kind of flash animation to me. But the gameplay is pretty on point, right? Like you start off and the game does this interesting thing where you're not listed on the map and you're like, oh my God, is this a thing? And then you realize you could buy stuff and the bosses are very like, You know, it's like if Mega Man and Dark Souls had a baby, you know, uh, you know, I got to realize I got to put a dollar in the Dark Souls jar every time I bring it up. But I'm telling you, like that game, it it does it does difficulty almost as well as the original. Right. So and for that, it was it was pretty cool. I I told myself, you know, I beat the game. I told myself I'd go back to it. But it was it was kind of this stressful experience that I don't not 100 percent sure if I want to relive. Right. And so I put that down and i went on game pass i got myself near automata a game that i'm not 100% sure if i love as much as i thought it would right it's a platinum game i just recently played transformers devastation and then i got Bayonetta 2 on the list and so near automata comes up and i'm i'm playing it and i'm playing it and it's so dour and apocalyptic and i'm like ah jesus christ i don't i don't know if i want this right now <laughs> right and that's when i started realizing that pandemics can ha, the 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 pandemic coronavirus Pandemic has altered my mindset in a way that I kind of want positive experiences. And there's nothing less positive than near automata's completely barren apocalyptic humans are long gone from this fucking hellscape. And I don't know if the tone was really what I was looking for. The gameplay? Excellent. The the the, the open world I kind of thought would be like multi-zoned, but it was really kind of all took place in one area. And the circus level is bar none, like one of the coolest things I've seen this summer while playing games. But, by either way, um, it, it was it was shortly after you know I, I got on Amazon <laughs> during a pandemic I bought myself a PSP, and that was really cool because I got Peace Walker, played all the way through that game of the pandemic. I'm telling you, is that a thing? Can I can I call the episode "Game of the Pen," games of the pandemic? I don't know what the title is going to be, but I played through Peace Walker all the way through pretty quickly because that game kind of captivated me. If I'm, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, like it has that monster hunter loop and it just keeps me, it kept me coming back, man. It just, while the story was, ugh, who cares? That gameplay loop is, is satisfying. Right. And so I, and then I kind of started evaluating the games I had played. Right. I forgot to mention overwatch, but everything I played had a very tactile sort of, response to it everything you know if if it was if it was dour if it was down i found myself not really liking it as much and if it was isolationist like near and like hollow knight was i found myself eh, not being too big of a fan of it but games like marble it up which is like a game where you're just a marble and you can kind of just zone out and 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 be a marble and you know like katamari where you can you know, I mean, you know, Katamari Damasi, you just roll everything up. You roll up cities and whales and giant uh, Ultramen and, and stuff like that. And Transformers Devastation, it, you know, that it's, it's just colorful and it, it doesn't take itself super seriously. And I started noticing this pattern where I like colorful during this pandemic because my mindset is so boxed in. You know, I don't I don't need to be I don't need to feel any more boxed in, I guess, than I already do. And so with that, I find myself gravitating to games that are, you know, very just uh, gameplay first. Right. Like 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 Super Metroid. Right. And 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 and, you know, I almost even went back and played Breath of the Wild because I feel like that would also be a super good idea and something that I think would be really fun to play in. You know, I didn't even talk about Void Bastards, which is all just you know reflexive and just like fun to play. And you know, I might even go back and and try Resident Evil Four. And I think comfort food is the name of the game here because right now it's not comfortable. Things are things are super weird, and and a lot of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast, have have turned to video games as 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 escapism. And it's 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 harder now, right? There's there's like three more. Stages of difficulty to to really get immersed in in, in something, right? Like right now, I'm playing uh, Control and Okami, and I find myself drifting far more towards Okami, even though it's much longer. It's I'm like 35 hours in, and at this point, I'm kind of just hoping that it, I see the light of day and I roll credits on it pretty soon. But it's colorful and it's set in Japan. And it's mythological. It has nothing to do with the real world, and you know, it barely even mentions viruses, right? But then there's, you know, Control, which is about the Federal Bureau of Control, and it's it's about zombies, and it's really sad and horrible, and I don't know, I'm just not... I actually, I think Control is really great, and I'm able to separate it from my mindset. But yeah, no, I just, I find myself playing stuff like Okami more, and Chrono Trigger, which is really cool. I'm playing that on iOS, so, you know, I'm starting to notice a pattern of positivity with this pandemic, so... So either way, um... I've been rambling on about pretty much everything I've been playing, but you know, I, I would love to hear what you guys are playing. I'm, you know, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at, you know, Eldar. Basically, I'm really easy to find on there. You just type in Eldar, the first thing that's going to come up nine times out of ten, because I own that SEO baby. And I just want to hear from you guys. Like, what are you playing? How has this pandemic affected you? We've we're in it like four to five months now. A little closer, four months now, and I, I want to know like how video games have affected your, you know, your mindset. Has escapism worked for you? Um, just where are you guys at? You know, I, 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 you know, if you're listening to this, I care about you, and you're probably a friend of mine, and you know, this podcast is still super niche, and I'm just interested in hearing what you have to say. So, uh, with that, I think I've talked to myself for a solid, uh, gordos. I don't know if that's a word. Twenty minutes now, so I think I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. And you're going to hear the music pretty soon. But yeah, you know, it's Eldar Talks Games um, on the Instagram and Eldar basically for my personal accounts, just about anywhere. Uh, And I'm thinking I I got some cool stuff coming. Uh, I'm in a better mindset, especially here and I have a better workstation. So, you know, expect to see a little bit more of a presence from me and uh, Von Hyde who uh, co-hosts Eldar Talks Games Industry. Uh, We got a new episode coming out next week. Uh, It's our part two episode on uh, 100-hour games, and I'm really excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, Either way, this is All There Basic. Signing out, and welcome to the club. I'll see you guys next time.